peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We've come a long ways. We really have. We've come a long ways. And in this moment, in this season of the last two years, it seems in some cases time has completely stood still. And as if things have gone on at a pace that they would never, ever end. And as surely as say, I say that and believe it, I, I also believe that there's been moments where the time has gone so quickly and that years seem like days. And it's kind of surreal that the, the, the whole world has experienced a, a pandemic and we've done that together. And then it seems as if we've broken through on one front to see another front and another set of circumstances opened up for us. It's interesting to think about that. We joke with one another a little bit. We say, well, do you want me to mark that in regular time or COVID time? And you wonder, right? How does that work and what does that mean? And do we have time to make decisions? And if not, then what do we do? And why does this continue to go on so long? And the dirt of quality of it seemed to wear everybody out. With that also, since the first of the year, our sermon series says, has also gone very quickly and gone very slowly as well. It's gone quickly for the preacher and slowly for the hearers, I'm sure of that. Come on. <laughs> Time has flown by and yet it stood still as we've read through Mark and Luke's Gospels. Jesus has gone through all the region of Galilee and he's spoken and, and, and had time of teaching in the synagogues. He's cast out demons. He's healed sick person after sick person who's been presented to him. He's had quiet times with his disciples to teach them. And we've gone week by week and bit by bit through all of the things that verify the reality that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. And at this point in the story, the crowds are the biggest they're going to be. Every day up to this point, the crowd got bigger. The people were more desperate, pressing on Jesus to do what he was doing to, to heal their sick, to bring them into a new community, to, to, to maybe rise up and bring them into a new nation. Pressing and pressing, more desperate and more desperate. The days are going fast. But now the tide and the time is going to turn against Jesus. His teaching takes on a sharper tone. He turns towards Jerusalem. The miracles become less and less, and the words after the miracles are not those of warmth and grace. And time seems to slow down. The last five chapters of Luke's gospel incorporate the last three, the last week of Jesus' life. Time seems to slow down time slows down after the transfiguration of our Lord, after our text today in Luke chapter 9. The words mean more. The confrontations become more confrontational. And Jesus is finally silenced and over. Or so his enemies who silenced him believe. How's the time gone for you? As I begin to speak about time and time standing still and time going quickly, what, what time is it for you? 
How have you responded? How have you gone? How has your business gone? How's your family been? How have you weathered the, the easy parts of this that, that, that seem to go very quickly? And how have you weathered the difficult parts of this that seem to go on forever? I'm reminded that on July 17th of 2020 in our family, we had a little baby boy born. And to me, that seems like a hundred years ago that our grandson crew was born. Yet in that year and a half, there's been so many hugs and kisses, some tears, lots of little snuggles, lots of warm moments that made a marvelous impact. The, the hearts and the lives are touched, but it seems like it was so long ago that we should be throwing car keys at him and he should be saying, Papa, I drive your truck. I'm reminded of a visit I made this last week to my friend Bill Darlin at the passing of his dear wife, Arlene. And just to sit in the moment and to grieve with Bill, not much to say, but the moment seemed to last for a long, long time. To bear up with one another, to cry together, to have a moment that was precious for me and I hope encouraging for him, but the time seemed to stand still in the front room of his house as tears were wiped away. How quickly some moments go, how slow other moments are to go away. It's just kind of the nature of human existence. In our text today, Jesus grabs his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. He grits them, and, and from this sense of the narrative, they have no idea where they're going or what's going to happen. I like Peter. I think Peter was probably yapping all the way up the hill. And knowing Peter being slower but more courageous, he was probably huffing and puffing as he went up the hill. And then they get to the top of the hill, to the top of the mountain. And then this bizarre moment occurs. Jesus' clothes are transfigured. The scriptures say they, are, they gleam like lightning. Moses and Elijah pop into the moment. And... And what must have seemed like a minute to Peter, James, and John, Peter wants to extend into a development of this property on the top of the mountain. He's ready to build an estate. He's ready to build a tent. He's ready to build anything to capture the moment, to have time with Jesus, to see the glory, to have his heart and mind filled up with the glory of God. He wants to just capture that time. And hold on to it to stop it. And so he looks at Jesus and he says, it's good to be here. Let's build a couple tents. This will be really cool. And Luke, the good doctor, says, and Peter didn't know what in the world he was talking about. Because Jesus has more to do. For sure, the words of Peter were true. It was good to be there. It was good to be in that place at that time and catch a glimpse of the glory of Jesus. But the story of the transfiguration reminds us that Jesus has more to do. They were going to see a little bit more of his glory, but they were going to have to go through times of humiliation and suffering. Jesus had more to do, and the time of ministry is ending. And he's going to set his face to the cross and head toward Jerusalem. And the glory was going to seem like a moment. And the last week of Jesus' life was going to seem like it was drug out forever. But the moments he moves towards the cross are of the most deliberate of his entire ministry. 
for his work now, acclaimed as the one chosen by God to do the task of building a bridge to humanity, Jesus sets his sight towards Jerusalem. For in the days and weeks ahead by his death, he draws all humanity into that moment of redemption where he completes his mission, where he suffers and dies for the sins of the world and he screams from the cross, it is finished. And with that, you and me, well, our time is redeemed in Jesus. The moments and the seasons and the years For us in Christ, we find peace with God through Jesus. Peace for the moment and peace for a lifetime. There are times where God calls us to live moment by moment and we've had those moments. Moments where we've seen the good and the glory of God. Moment by moment, the Lord Jesus is with us. Not as a a good luck charm or a a rider in the the passenger seat of the truck saying, hey, I think you should hang it right here. I think you're going too fast. Rather, Rather as a redeemer and a savior, as the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus with us in those moments to glimpse his glory, to find joy and light and grace in all the good things and all the blessings of life so that we can turn to him with our hearts and our hands open and say, thank you. Thank you that you love us. That instead of making an apartment complex on the Mount of Transfiguration, that you came down to the cross for us. It's good to be here with you, Lord Jesus, in this moment. And we find meaning and purpose and rejuvenation of our souls in those precious, precious moments. And the Lord God has called us to live in the painful moments of life. And maybe you're in one of those painful moments right now. Your eyes barely able to keep the tears away your body wondering how you're going to make it up and get out for work tomorrow, a broken relationship with someone you loved or you love and trying to work that to get back. And it seems like a long, long time until you, since you've been at peace with that individual and and now you're struggling to find a way to get back. And then you connect with them and if time goes like that, you're like, if I would have said, if I would have done, if I would have... But our Lord Jesus, who calls us into those precious moments, is also with us in those painful seasons of life as well. It's interesting to me that Jesus looks at Peter and says, now we're out of here. He looks at him and says, we got more work to do, pal. You you think this is great. It's nice that you can see this. I'm glad and it is good to be here, but it's going to get rough. For me, it's been a weird 57 first days, 57 days of 2022. We tried to find our footing in January, tried to figure things out, and then a whole new variant kind of swept through. It was interesting to see how many uh, cases we were tracking through our schools and, and in our community and our staff and all of those things. And then over the last week, zero. Jake says we are tracking zero, (laughs) zero cases. And the moment that drug on seemed to be over. 
We were all jacked up about how this was going to work, and now it appears that the virus is disappearing, retreating, or going away, or whatever. And we've been trying to find our footing, and it's been difficult. We have all this polarizing political discourse in our society, people pointing fingers at one another. It seems like the news lasts for seven hours, and I look down, and it's 10 minutes. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Can't we change the nature? Can't we change the context? Can't we change the tone? It just seems like it's been droning on for so long. Each side blaming the other side for the ills of the nation and the world. And as soon as we thought this season was working its way into something peaceful, tanks and soldiers rolled into the Ukraine. And we reckon in our hearts that we've gone from relative peace to relative conflict. For me and perhaps for you, the week just kind of drug on. But this text is powerful. This text helps us to digest the times in which we live. For Jesus didn't say, let's just hang out here until all the conflict's over. Rather, Jesus said, let's go. He doesn't decide to stay on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. Rather, they grab their stuff and they head down. He takes Peter, James, and John with him. He sets his face toward Jerusalem and the cross. And in that turn, he takes all of his disciples, you and me included, to his cross, to his tomb, and to his resurrection. And there at that cross, we leave the hurts and pains. We leave our sins and the broken pieces of our lives there. Our broken moments, our broken seasons, he takes them from us and they die at Calvary's hill covered in the blood of Jesus. And so our time is redeemed. He's with Peter, James, and John as surely as he is with you and me. Let's go, Jesus says. There's more to do. Our moments, our seasons, our lives redeemed. He's with Peter, James, and John. He's with you. Wars and rumors of wars. And I had to laugh. Someone came to me last night and they go, Pastor, this is it. This is the end, right? The Bible says something about that thing with that deal about the East and war and conflict. And I just wanted to shake my hand and give the, the kid a big hug and say, yeah, you're right. Watch out and be ready. The words of Jesus. This I know. This we believe. And this Jesus is the one in whom we put our trust for all things, for every moment, for every season of life, and for all eternity. For God uses Jesus in his ministry to frame the big picture for you and me, and through it all we keep our eyes on Jesus. His love so great that we push through those seasons of pain. He wiping away our tears, he comforting our fears, he giving us glimpses of his glory, even in those painful moments. And when we look back at those seasons, we say, we couldn't have done it without you. And thank you for drawing us into and through those seasons of life 
which has given us strength and resilience and compassion. Pointing back to Jesus, grateful for the good and grateful for the difficult. For he is with us in all things, walking with us through those valleys and leading us like he did those disciples to the mountaintop moments as well. I like Lent. Call me morbid, but I kind of like Lent. And we're going to get after Lent this year. We'll align our lives with the steps of Jesus to the cross and ultimately to his resurrection. You're going to love Easter this year. We figured out what we're going to do and how far we're going to go. And it's a far cry from what we've done the last two Easter's. What a marvelous, marvelous day that will be where we hear the marvelous story of where eternity rests for those who follow Jesus and for those who are baptized into the name of the Messiah. Perhaps in my lifetime of 57, almost 58 years, there's never been a moment like this where so many hearts are so needy for what God gives in Jesus. And maybe throughout this Lenten tide, we get to take a spiritual collective breath and rest in Jesus and find that God fills those hearts and lives with good things, with faith and hope and love for the seasons and for the moments of our lives. And there will be that moment when the glory of God is revealed in all eternity. When the little glimpse that Peter, James, and John got that day on that mountain, and we get a little glimpse through Luke's eyes of what those three men saw. There's going to be that day where like a shade going up on a beautiful window and the sun shining through, that the Lord will say, enough is enough and I'm done. And you all who made it through the moments and the seasons, you all will be with me in eternity to see the gleaming glory of God in the face of Jesus forever. Amen.